This is a download from BFM 89.9, the business station. It was a funny situation because my goalkeepers told me that the goal was small and I went by myself and of course the goal was small because uh, the goalkeepers they leave hours and hours and hours in the goal so they know when the goal is not the right dimensions. I'm not a goalkeeper but I am in football since a kid and I know when I stand there and I stretch my arm, I know the distance. So I felt immediately that something was going wrong. We got um, the UEFA delegate to confirm and yes, it was five centimeters smaller which of course we asked, we demand for the, for the goals to be replaced. On the ball kicks off now on BFM 89.9. That was Jose Mourinho complaining about the size of goalposts in Macedonia, don't you know? <laughs> yeah, on the ball with me, Ross, more about that. It didn't matter in the end, Spurs won. So details coming up. In a few moments. Uh, thanks for joining us. Uh, my special guests tonight, uh, we've got Bob Holmes here. Hello, Bob. Hi, everybody. Good to be here, as always. Yeah, we've got Gogolin, because Aston Villa are doing well. Gog suddenly pops up. Hello, Gog. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Well, hang on. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone. Craig Marias is also here. Hello, Craig. Why is hey, Craig here? You're not going to do well? Uh, well, <laughs> we just won our last match. Yoli is going to be your last game. <laughs> you can tweet at BFM Radio. Also, follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. We have a YouTube channel out. Uh, new videos out every Friday, today, tonight. Uh, check out TFIF on video on YouTube. Right, let's, let's talk about the midweek football. Uh, the first major European trophy has been won by Bayern Munich. It was a game played in Hungary in front of 15,000 fans. Um, Bayern Munich 2, Sevilla 1. First time that fans have been allowed back in the stadium, Bob Holmes, since this coronavirus pandemic forced the entire game worldwide into lockdown. And um, let's hope it all will still pan out nicely, eh? Well, there was an atmosphere, wasn't there? Um, I mean, it was only about a quarter full, I think, but uh, still, it felt better, looked better, uh, even though they were kind of spread out. There was so, whistling uh, for the penalty, which you, you never yeah. had. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of missed that. Well, you get fake. You get fake whistling, yeah. Yeah, now it's all fake whistling. But uh, Bayern, yeah, they, they're winning everything, aren't they? Although they could very easily have lost it at the end. I mean, it, if you just look at the, at the highlights and look at the score and think, ah, oh, Bayern again, you know, nothing much there. But actually, Sevilla missed a couple of golden opportunities yeah, in, yeah, the, in the dying moments exactly. of, of the, normal the time. El Nesri and Neuer saved that one. That was the one, no, right? Yeah. Neuer made a, a, an absolutely fantastic save and then also had a bit of luck when it hit his uh, boot and rebounded off the post. Um, that could very easily have gone in. 
and Sevilla would have continued their, their run of success. But Bayern deserved to win. I mean, they dominated uh, the game. They dominated possession. They also had their chances. Lewandowski missed a couple. Um, so, yeah, this game, strangely, while it's very early in the season, and some people wonder about its, uh, its worth, but it usually produces an entertaining game. And it did so again. Last year, it was Liverpool and Chelsea, if you remember, went to penalties. Um, there have been some crackers. Chelsea have been involved in a couple. Mm. Um, this was a good game. Uh, again, as, as I say, enhanced, I feel, by the crowd. Yeah. And it's ironic that this is in the same week that in the UK, they're banning crowds altogether. <laughs> so, you know, we're... We're going to see a bit of a divergence, I think. Other countries are going to try to get people back in, just as the UK is stopping them. Yeah. I, I only hope that the Premier League doesn't stop. That's big fingers crossed for that. That's, but anything that's a massive is possible. point you, you just brought up there. Yeah, massive fingers crossed for that one. Craig Marias, Sevilla are, are just severe. They, 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 they made themselves really difficult to beat. Um, they look the, the real thing. I mean, they, they've got good management. They've got a good side. They, yeah. I mean, obviously, they're going to be playing Champions League this season. Yeah, um, it was interesting to see how they, they set up, you know, especially um, without their most influential player in Ever Benega. Um, he obviously left to, to the Middle East. Uh, but in his, in his place, they signed uh, Ivan Rakitic, <coughs> who's not bad in the penalty, to be honest. Yeah. yeah. I mean, coming from Barcelona, obviously, ex-Sevilla boy. Um, so it was really interesting to see how they set out. Um, although Bayern did dominate, it, it wasn't as easy. Um, mm. You know, it wasn't as easy as people probably thought it would be. Um, and I think that's how Sevilla are. You know, they're a tricky uh, side to play against. They don't have household names in there. Um, you know, even you know, you talk about their big signing, which was which was Rakitic. Yeah. Um, yes, he came from Barcelona, but he's not a big name signing, is he? And but what they do getting have on is, a bit as well. Yeah, he's, he's into his 30s. I mean, you, you look up front and you look at Luke de Jong and he, you know, he's someone who didn't really succeed in the Premier League. Mm. And um, so, so it's, it, it, it's a bunch of players who kind of fit the system, fit what the manager wants, and they're just difficult to break down. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's going to be interesting. I think they'll, they'll cause a few upsets um, during the season just because they're, they're tactically well-organised mm. uh, by Lopetegui. Yeah. Um, so, so yeah, uh, I, I like them. Um, I think there's something about them. They're not very easy. They're not glamorous to watch, and you know, compared to your, you know, your Bayerns, your, your Real Madrids, and and everything like that. But they will be difficult to beat, and they will, you know, upset a few teams. Yep, yep, they will indeed. Uh, Gogs, let's wrap up by um, looking at Bayern. They are now, they, well, they are a relentless, hungry, winning machine. They kicked off their Bundesliga season with a with an 8-0 drubbing of Schalke. <laughs> and, uh, I mean, it looks like it's, it's well, they're the favourites. They might even retain the Champions League this year, don't you think? Yeah, so I was referring to what Bayern are doing now is what uh, Barcelona were doing a few years back, right? All conquering the team, you know. They're like the perfect team right now, playing the perfect football. You know, when they started with the tiki-taka and Bayern, uh, Barcelona was sweeping everything in front of them. Is it, Bayern reminds you of that now. The yeah. way they started off and all that, and they're just sweeping all the silverware among them. So this team will probably dominate for the next maybe one or two more seasons. Mm. Yeah, um, they they look very very good. They're great to watch. That's that's the trick. All right, uh, Europa League. We heard Jose Mourinho at the start complaining about the the size of the goals. Apparently, 
they were five millimeters, was it? Or five centimeters? Five centimeters. Five centimeters <laughs> smaller. <laughs> I was watching Sky Sports on that one. <laughs> Uh, well, if you go to if you go to Mourinho's Instagram, he's actually got um, he's got a the couple picture, of photos of him, you know, reaching of him up holding and up. Yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, saw that. Stretching out and everything. So, yeah, oh, he, he, had him, legit, uh, he had a legit. Yeah, legit. Yeah, it's legit. Yeah, uh, uh, he, he figured it, it out from the touch run, touch line, right? It, and he it, walked all the way and took. In, well, no, the, the goalies in the warm-up just said there's something wrong here. And then Jose just went, I've been in football for all my life, <laughs> and you know. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, Shigdinia, I think that's how you pronounce their name, the Macedonian side. In, in, in their favour, Bob Holmes, this is not their home ground. They, they don't play there because the ground's not up to UEFA restrictions. Hard to think that they, they take time and effort to make the goals a little smaller just for Tottenham's <laughs> visit. But but there you go. I mean, it didn't matter in the end. Spurs won three. Ross, I will say I, I will say something, Ross, uh, about the goals. Um, if you watch goalkeepers warm up, sometimes what they do is they do have a smaller goal in there. So it, they, I mean, it could have just been modelled up, to, uh, modelled up in there, and and you know just put there for the. Yeah, but but those aren't the fixed ones. Those are the ones you just carry off, right? Carry off. Yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. I think there must have been a model up somewhere along the line um, with that. But yeah. but, well, they were, but they were the same at both ends. I think you have to say that. I mean, there wasn't any, um, you know, mucking about there, any, do, any do, suspicion. Do you guys reckon Jordan Pickford could do with a five centimeter? <laughs> I, I think smaller the way he's playing. <laughs> I mean, for Mourinho to be able to touch the crossbar almost yeah. Yeah. Um, standing there tells you uh, how low it was because Mourinho is not a tall man. He's only five foot five, I think. And he reached up and he practically touched the, um, the crossbar. And Joe Hart was almost bumping his head on it. So, uh, yeah, they had to get it changed. But getting back to the game, or getting onto the game, another great success for Son, wasn't it? Yeah. A goal and two assists. Um, I mean, Spurs should have swept this team aside. I don't think many people had heard of them uh, before. But uh, there was a moment when they equalized, when Spurs might have been rocking. But they got through it okay. Lamella took his chance well. And Harry Kane, of course, managed to get on the score sheet. Mm. And uh, another assist from Son. So uh, returning the compliment of the weekend. Um, So safely negotiated and things not looking too bad for Spurs. They probably benefited from not having to play on Monday where they postponed yeah. the game against Leighton Orient. Um, they, they were scheduled to play nine games in 22 days, mm-hmm. which is quite a bit. I know Des isn't here, so we, we won't have the complaints about that being too much like hard work. But um, they've got to fit that other fixture in against yeah, it's, Orient. It's so going it to be replayed, be, isn't it, the, the Leighton yeah. Orient? So, so now, Spurs, yeah, now Spurs have a Premier League game at the weekend. And then next Thursday, they go to Israel to take on Maccabi Haifa in the Europa League third round playoff. It's relentless. All right, more about Spurs later on. Let's uh, quickly run through the midweek Carabao Cup uh, scores then. Um, Gogs, Liverpool, uh, rested huh. most of their first teamers. They were 7-2 winners against Lincoln City. After the game, Jurgen Klopp said Curtis Jones was an exceptional talent. He did look good. He got himself a brace. So did uh, Takumi Minamino. 
I mean, yeah, yeah, seven goals uh, and and rested regulars. It's all looking good, right? Yeah, so the depth is there coming through, but it's still Lincoln City you're playing against in the Carabao Cup. But it's the fact that he's given them all a run out and they're what? They're they're drawn against Arsenal, is it next? Yeah, they're going to get drawn in the. So the it's going it remains to be seen whether he's going to play the same squad though, right? True. Because you know these guys. I mean, against Lincoln, yeah, I know you're going to be running riot, but if Arsenal are going to be up for it, they are cup side. So there, there were debuts for Reese Williams, uh, Costas Tsimikas, uh, and also Diego Jota. I think came on in the second yep. half. So they all had a run out. Man United were three nil winners at Luton. Talking about debuts, Craig Marias, Dean Henderson said it was unbelievable. To finally make his debut for his boyhood club, uh, he was solid. Yeah. He made he made one very very good save at, at one nil. It could have been one one. Um, yeah, but, it was from the header, wasn't it? Yeah, it was a much changed United side. A better performance, yeah. Uh, well, anything would have been a better performance than the one against Crystal Palace. Uh, to be honest with you. Um, now, now, yeah, I mean, does it stem from central midfield? I, I, I'm thinking Pogba, if you drop him and play Van der Beek instead, that's a lot uh, more liquid, a lot more yeah, liquid. Well, I, I don't think I'd necessarily um, uh, agree with that. But, um, uh, you know, I just go back to the preseason and, and what I mentioned before, you know, I think the preseason, um, you know, lack of preseason yeah, uh, had something to do with it. But you know, just go back to this game, uh, and it was good to see. Um, you know, obviously Dean Henderson finally make his Manchester United debut. Um, it's still a bit nervy at times for United. Uh, I wouldn't say they cruise through the game. No, that's the um, United way, isn't it? Still, yeah, exactly. And Greenwood to come on and then exactly, and yeah, yeah. It, it, two two very well taken goals, it must be said. Um, but I, I still feel there's there's quite a bit of work for United to to do before they get um, to top form. Bob, do you reckon Man United managers deserve immense credit because it's not in their hands, transfer deals. They're done by, we all know, Ed Woodward, often quoted. And, and let's face it, Man United business is never done before the season starts. Even now, we're, well, what, match week three, there's a talk of a big Jaden Sancho bit going in tonight. And, and you, I mean, that's been running for two seasons. <laughs> yeah. It, it all started when Fergie left. Well, Fergie and David Gill. I mean, mm. uh, all United uh, fans are painfully aware of this. Uh, they made a big, big mistake in both of those leaving at the same time. There was a huge gap in experience. You had Woodward coming from the commercial department and David Moyes coming in as a new manager. And they only managed to sign two players in that whole transfer window. And they were kind of last-minute um, uh, arrivals, one Mata and Marouane Fellaini. It was actually only one. Um, it, it was one, it was Fellaini and then um, obviously Mata joined Mata in came, January. Came I, in, I, uh, I heard, later. I heard right. a story that, that apparently Thiago Alcantara was prepared by Fergie. He was turned down by Moyes who preferred Fellaini. So carry on, yeah. Bob, carry on. Well, that was, re- yeah, that was revealed in The Athletic this week, yeah. <laughs> Um, I mean, really, <laughs> what, what can you say? <laughs> exactly. Um, but the problem has been that Woodward is not a football man. And he, he seems to try to drive a hard bargain. He, he senses that every club, once they know United are interested, they jack up the price. Well, that's, 
yeah, that's the way it is. That's the price United have to pay if they want players. And he's been refusing to pay and he's been missing out on players, allowing other clubs to come in. And the whole thing has been a bit of a dog's breakfast, as United fans are well aware. They've missed out on loads of players. They have done already in this transfer window. Of course, they linked with everybody under the sun. I mean, not many of those, there's nothing in it whatsoever. But they have been linked. They did pursue several of these players this time. They haven't got any. But the thing that really riled United fans at Luton, when you'd think they got a comfortable 3-0 win, was the sight of the chief negotiator for transfers, Matt Judge, sitting in the stands. Mm -hmm. And they're saying, what is he doing there? Shouldn't he be out there uh, signing players? Or is he having a last-minute reassessment of their needs? That is possible. Maybe I reckon, I, reckon deciding, he was, I reckon he was scouting Luton players, Bob. Well, uh, we, we'll rule that out. We'll rule that out, I think, with all re- due respect to Luton. But really, if, if they're still making up their minds what they need at this stage of the season, the season is underway, then it doesn't augur well. And I, I think they may well do what they've done before and make a big last-minute panic buy that probably... It's so, going to be so over messy, the odds so me- anyway. Messy then. Yeah. <laughs> so, so, so messy, yeah. Messy. Do you reckon <laughs> after the game, Matt Judge would have gone, do you know what, Ole? I think it's centre-back, left-back and right-wing. That's <laughs> Don't you think they, sh- they should have had that sorted out? I mean, really, it, it defies belief. And this is yeah. why there's such anger on social media uh, yeah. about this issue. All Justifiably right. so. Okay, uh, running out of time. Uh, Got to say that Chelsea had a 6-0 win over Barnsley. Kai Havertz with, with a hat-trick. Also, first appearance for, for Thiago and Ben Chilwell uh, in the win. Um, great, great win uh, in the end. At Spurs, Orient was, was postponed. Brentford knocked out West Brom. Newport County beat Watford. West Ham were 5-1 winners over Hull. That, that was before David Moyes had COVID was, and sent home. <laughs> Um, I tell you what, we'll put the round three results and the round four draw on our Facebook page. So do check it out. But Liverpool-Arsenal looks like the standout tie from round four. We're going for our first break. When we come back, we'll start our Premier League previews. Brilliantly done. On the ball on BFM 89.9. Wonderful control and superb execution has come up with uh, something beyond the ordinary. That is a brilliantly elastic save. This is On The Ball on BFM 89.9. Hey, thanks for sticking with us. Bob Holmes, Goglin and Craig Marias here uh, taking a look at match week three of the Premier League. Man United are first up in action, Craig Marias. <laughs> so it's going to yeah. set your mood for the weekend. It's not an easy tie uh, away at Brighton. I Talk up United then. What's Ole learned from midweek that he's going to apply at this weekend against, against Brighton? Well, not too much because, you know, majority of those players won't be, won't be playing. Um, he'll know that, you know, the ones that came off the bench that made a difference in, in, in uh, Rashford, people like Rashford, you know, coming off. And we already know the quality that he has. But, you know, it's that core of that midfield, you know, and I think he needs to figure out how he's going to play Van der Beek, Bruno and Pogba, or if one has to be sacrificed um, and, and a more defensive-minded player comes in. It's going to be a tough match, you know. Um, Brighton um, have played really well 
um, this season. Yeah, you know, you look at the first game against Chelsea. Yes, they did lose it, but they were by far the better team. Um, and, and then, you know, last weekend, they got a very good victory um, against Newcastle. Um, and it's going to be tough. The, the way Potter is, has, you know, organised his team, got them playing a, a certain way. Um, United have to be at 100% to win this. And, and they're expected to win because two defeats, you know, you know to start the season is... is unacceptable and, and won't be tolerated by the fans. I tell you what, United fans will be worried because they are, in effect, still in pre-season. Um, Gogs, Brighton, as Craig mentioned this season, impressive. In, in midweek, I think Graham Potter rested 10, made 10, <laughs> yeah. 10. No, he made 11 changes from the 3-0 win over Newcastle. That's the strength and depth that this Brighton side have. And and I want I want to bring I want to highlight one player, Tarek Lamptey, that the right back they, they got from Chelsea. He's twenty soon, I believe. What a player! What a few performances he's put in, yeah. Yeah, but you know to touch on what Craig was saying, yeah, this is going to be a real test for Ole actually Brighton and the the, the form they've been showing out through the past two games, and to the fact that you just said they're still in preseason mode. August doesn't well for the United side that's coming into this side. I mean, Potter reads his opponents really well, tactically, and sets out his team really well playing against them. You guys, especially United fans, need to really worry about this game. I mean, even more than the Palace game, if you ask me. Mm. Well, we know for a fact that uh, Eve Basuma won't be involved because he got a silly red card for that backflick kung fu style kick uh, last weekend. So, but apart from that, Brighton look like the team to fear here, Bob. Uh, yes, uh, definitely. Um, <laughs> this is a real banana skin uh, for United, I it's think. A potential banana, banana skin. skin. It's like the yeah, I, I mean another word. Banana skins. Yeah, another word about Lamptey. Um, Chelsea let him go. He's he's on a permanent uh, transfer, not a loan, because they had Reese James. Yeah. Now we all know Reese James is is a great prospect. I mean, no question about that and they didn't think Lamptey was quite as good uh, they they kept James but the way Lamptey is playing some people are wondering if Lamptey isn't actually better than James he's <laughs> quicker I mean James has got a great shot on him scored a goal already this season a spectacular long-range shot Lamptey I mean going forward I mean, he is really something to behold. He, even isn't he? defensively, Bob, because he was chasing back even on, on, on the left side, his opposite side. I remember sliding tackles <laughs> and stuff like that. He was all swashbuckling. Buckling. Yeah, would be ironic, wouldn't it? I mean, Chelsea got too many players, basically. They don't know who, who they're going to start. They let one go, and they might have let the wrong one go. I mean, uh, really. Well, just touching uh, on that, Bob, sorry. Uh, um, I think if we, if we go back to last season, I think it was. It was a Boxing Day fixture, and it was Chelsea versus Arsenal. And Lampard actually gave Lamptey his debut um, in that match. Now, what did he do? Do you remember? Yeah, yeah. I mean, he did really well coming off the bench. Um, but the, the fact was that Chelsea actually did want to try and keep him. Um, but, you know, because of limited first-team opportunities, I mean, he, he looks ahead. He's got Aspen yeah, yeah. Quarter. He's got um, Reece James, James ahead of him, yeah. um, and, and they must he must have known that they were going to sign a few more defenders. So you know, I think Chelsea did try everything that they could to keep him. Uh, he turned it down, and he ended up joining uh, Brighton in in January. So Chelsea sold him, uh, so they wouldn't let him go for free in the summer. Um, so so it was one of those, you know, it's either keep him for another six months and let and not get anything from him, 
or um, sell him uh, sell him in the January transfer window, which they ended up doing. So uh, I mean, it's always tough. Um, yeah, I agree with what Bob says. You know, when you have that many players, you know, to try and identify which one's going to be better than the other. But at the end of the day, you can't keep all the players happy, and you can't keep all the young players there. Um, and, and Lanty, to his credit. Uh, was bold enough and brave enough to make that decision to to leave Chelsea All right. and join a team like Brighton. Well, his his form's been awesome since Project Restart. It's a 7:30 p.m. kickoff on Saturday. It may or may not help your dinner go down well, Man United fans. <laughs> Brighton against Manchester United. Moving on to um, two teams with a hundred percent record. They meet up at Selhurst Park. Crystal Palace against Everton is a Saturday 10 p.m. Kickoff here. Uh, Bob Holmes, two perfect teams. I want you to talk up Palace here. What, what have they done right? What's, what's Roy Hodgson done right this season? I, how, are they, how, are they, how have they got 100% record after two games? I, I don't know, honestly. It's a mystery. I always give Palace to lose. I, I look at them and I wonder how on earth they do it. I look at Roy Hodgson. I wonder how on earth he does it. Um, but... They're a cussed side, aren't they? They keep popping up with results. So you've got to hand it to him. I mean, you know, you'd think he'd be out of touch by now. I mean, he was a complete disaster at Liverpool. He, um, he wasn't much better with England. And here he is at Crystal Palace. I mean, he saved them, didn't he? A couple of seasons ago, they looked doomed. He took over, performed a fantastic rescue act, and they, they were in the top half of the table for the latter part of the, that season. And again, comfortably mid-table last season. And here they are starting a, again, another season. And they've got no big names, uh, only Zaha. I suppose you could say he's a, a semi-big name. Again, another player that Manchester United had, but that's a well-documented story, what happened there. But um, he's carried them, I think. He, he's their biggest uh, name. He's their best player. And I think he's probably stayed there too long mm -hmm. because he's getting on a bit now. He's 27. Yeah. He's no yeah. longer a kid. And the fact that he's failed at a big club, failed in inverted commas, wasn't really his fault. Um, maybe nobody wants to touch him now. So he's destined to stay at Crystal Palace unless they go down. Mm. But there he is. He's the main guy that keeps them up every year. Mm. His only hope is if they go down. So what does he do? Um, no, it, it's, um, it's amazing. But they've, they've got a, their hands full, I think, with Everton. Uh, Ever Everton have, uh, have started uh, really well. And I think their only weakness is Jordan Pickford, actually. Yep, yep. I, I was okay. Moving on to Everton, Gogs. Uh, they're free scoring this season. That that front three of Richarlison, James Rodriguez, and Dominic Calvert Lewin looks like good fun. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, before the season started, I thought the you know the weight of expectation on from Everton fans will also weigh down on the team, but they've been playing very carefree football, and like you said, you know, it's been pleasing to watch. Uh, Rodriguez has fit in, is coming seamlessly into the side. Uh, these guys are going to, go, going to go strength to strength. The fact is, are they going to maintain this type of form throughout the season? And back to what Palace also saying, Palace always start well in the season. You know, and Hodgson has them set up. They will go through until about January doing well. And then they'll start falling off the radar. So the teams that are playing Palace now, generally will have the best Palace side of the season before Palace always fall off the radar. Craig, do you reckon Everton this season can actually do something? 
I mean, I mean, when, when I say do something, I, I'm saying top four. It's got to be their aim after the money spent. Um, I think I think they're going to do it step by step. Um, you know that they need to break into the top six first, um, and then you know then work their way up to the top four. I think top four probably come a little bit too soon for them. Um, but you know, if they if they get European football, you know that that's a big achievement. They get European football, a good run in the cup, um, maybe even you know win a cup. Um, you know, it'll be a very, very good season for, for Carlo Ancelotti and Everton. Um, like Gog said, you know, there's a lot of expectation on them. They, they've spent a lot of money, um, not just this season, but over the years. Um, since um, Marishi came, you know, mm. took, over, took over Everton, it's a, it's a lot of it, uh, money that they spend without really any returns. So there's expectation for, there for Everton uh, and Everton fans, especially when they just look across the uh, a road. And they see, you know, Liverpool like dominating English football or, or starting to anyway. Um, you know, so there will be envy looks, you know, look, looking at the red half. But, you know, it's something that they can aspire to. You know, it, it should spur them on a little bit longer. Um, but yeah, I, I think for, for Everton, no top four, top six. All right, brilliant stuff. Crystal Palace versus Everton. It's a 10 p.m. kickoff. We're going for a break. Back right after this. But what a chance that was. Right on the stroke of our time. On the ball on BFM 89.9. This is On the Ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back uh, previewing match week three of the brand new season. Myself, Ross, along with Bob Holmes, Goglin, and Craig Marias. You can tweet at BFM Radio. You can also follow us on social media. It's BFM Football on Instagram and on Facebook. We also have a YouTube channel up. Uh, it's TFIF on video. Give us a subscribe. New video available there. Continuing our look at uh, match week three then. West Bromwich Albion against big money Chelsea. It's a Sunday half past midnight kickoff. Um, I, want, I want you to look at West Brom first, Craig Marias here. What? I mean, Slavin Bilic. What can he do to stop the baggies leaking goals? Uh, on Tuesday, they were knocked out by Brentford <laughs> in, in the uh, Carabao Cup. Uh, what, what can Billich do here? They haven't got a lot of money to spend either. <clears throat> yeah, I always thought, you know, it would be tough for West Brom to, to have a good season and to stay in the Premier League. Um, you know, I, I really feel for them. I don't think they've, they've really particularly invested well. Um, they've they've basically just gone out and got the, the players that they had last season um, on loan. Uh, they've made them permanent deals. Um, it's always a little bit of a worry when you know you don't have anyone right up there that can you know that can score your goals. The, the only uh, big on a plus, regular basis. The only big plus is Branislav Ivanovic, who I understand they signed from Zenit. Still looks yeah, but, like a mean beep, doesn't he? But really, I mean, you, you're going out there and you're signing a 36 year old to. <laughs> You know, to stabilise your defence. I mean, that that really says it all, doesn't it? It really just shows that you know there's not much money available to Slavin. Um, you know, and, and he's and he's literally looking for a, mer- a miracle to keep them in the Premier League because, I mean, yeah, as good as Ivanovic has been in, you know, when he was at Chelsea in the Premier League. I mean, at 36, you know, you you've got to be well past it, you know, or you've got to be actively playing at this level. Um, for you know, you know, and continuing do, on. Do, do you reckon? Do you reckon? Do you reckon the likes of Diagana and Pereira can save the baggies this season? I yeah. mean, they're relying uh, on them a lot, right? Yeah, 
exciting players, really good, talented players. Like Pereira comes off the right wing onto his onto his left foot. He's got mean left foot, and we saw that a lot in the championship. Uh, Diagana, um, again, you know, we've seen him at West Brom last season. Fantastic talent, um, you know, and you know, West Ham ended up selling him, which you know, to, to the anger of most West Ham fans and players. Um, I mean, they they are the bright sparks. Um, in that West Brom team. But is it enough to keep West Brom in the Premier League? I don't think so. You know, mm. I, I, I like them. I think they're very talented players, but you need a little bit more than that. And, you know, go back to what you said, Ross, you know, de- on the defensive side, you know, you're, you're relying on someone like Carl Bartley to, you know, yeah. to, to, to man your defence. And, and, you know, it's just on. I think they've got a decent goalkeeper in Sam Johnston. Um, you know, I think he's um, he's a talent. You know, he could, he, he could probably be the difference between certain goals uh, from, from them conceding and them not. But in general, you know, the, that back line, you know, Kieran Gibbs, you know, he's getting on a bit. He's got a bit of experience, which is good in the Premier League. Yeah, well, he's going to be missing this weekend. After yeah, he stupidly got himself team. sent off. Yeah. So, I mean, there you go. You know, things like that, incidents like that aren't going to help West Brom. And, no. uh, yeah, I, I worry about them against, against Chelsea. Yeah, uh, exactly. Frank Lampard uh, and, and his team are motoring along nicely, uh, Bob Holmes. Big question here, obviously. Chelsea made that signing, didn't they? They signed the Senegal international, Mendy, from Rennes uh, for, I, I don't know how many million, a lot less than 71 million. It's <laughs> <laughs> a lot of money for a goalkeeper, I think. It, it is, but I mean, now all eyes are on that position, right, Bob? I mean, is, is Kepa going to start? His, his confidence is already shot. Yeah, I don't think so, no. I think the new guy will will start. Um, I'm surprised at the way they've handled this, given that Peter Cech is the director of football, one of the greatest goalkeepers of modern times. Um, you'd think he'd be able to judge a keeper. Uh, it doesn't look like it. And I'm, I'm equally amazed that they didn't go for Martinez of Arsenal, who mm, went to yeah. Villa instead for uh, just 20 million, similar yep. fee to what um, Chelsea paid for Mendy and he's been playing his socks off uh, since he Leno got injured. the penalty, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, he's been absolutely outstanding. Better than Leno, I think. And they let him go. Fair enough. Uh, he wants first team uh, football. And I think Villa have got this absolute bargain there. And why Chelsea didn't go for him, I don't know. Because um, it's not as if they don't trade players, is it? As <laughs> David Lewis would would uh, agree. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and, and, the, I mean, and, the, um, and the news being Jorginho now, right? Yeah, they've been linked with him. Oh, yeah, funny. yeah. Um, so to to let uh, Martinez leave, I'm sure he preferred to stay in London. Mm. He's been living there for ten years. Mm. Um, was it, I think they missed out there. Uh, this guy, his his stats look good compared to Kepa, but yeah. whose don't? And he, they don't <laughs> compare with the top keepers. They're nowhere near the, the, any, any stats, save ratio, whatever. Age. They don't compare with the top uh, keepers, Allison and Edison and the like. And so they've, they've basically gone for a second-rate keeper. And you, know, you don't solve your goalkeeping problem Okay, you might improve the situation a little, but if you've got a second-rate keeper with all the money Chelsea have had, all the money they've spent on outfield players, and they settle on somebody like this, I mean, he may prove me wrong. He, he may be a, a gem there that's been that they've only just discovered. 
His stats don't bear that out. Mm. They don't suggest that. So I, I'm, I don't know quite what is going on there. I mean, they've, they've got all this, this surfeit of, of forwards. Um, there's a shortage of defenders. And now they bought a second-rate keeper. So, I, you know, there's still another 10 days left in the transfer window. Uh, they, they've got to get another defender over the line um, yeah. before it closes. But it'll be a very interesting season. Uh, All right. On and off the field for Chelsea. Mendy. Can can I speak on that, Bob? I think that the whole thinking behind that is that Kepa is still the first team goalkeeper. So they just need a backup goalkeeper now. Mendy is coming in as a backup goalkeeper. I don't understand other other than that thing. It's all fine and well Well, saying that, but Kepa's got the confidence of a two year old, right? Yeah, well, that just happened. I I think they've been going in for Mendy before this already, right? It wasn't just. No, but I think think they've been trying to to offload Kepa, but they haven't got anyone to take it. That's bizarre, is it, right? Yeah, so so I think, you know, the the remaining time left in the transfer window, we could see some activity uh, involving Kepa probably going back to Spain or something like that. Um, so I think that's the thing in behind it. I, I, I mean, there, there's no reason. That, I mean, Kepa hasn't justified any reason for for Lampard, um, you know, to to keep him on as as Chelsea's number one. Yeah. Uh, just going back to that goalkeeper situation, you, you mentioned Martinez. I think there were so many keepers in the Premier League that Chelsea could have gone for. I'm talking about Nick Pope. I mean, yeah, you know, yeah. after the season, the couple, last couple of seasons he's had, talking about Kasper Schweinkel. I mean, the, these are these are proven Premier League players, and yes, they might be only short term for the next three, four years, but that's what you needed—just a little bit of stability, um, just someone who's experienced, who's played there. Um, I don't even know if Mendy can speak the language, because now the worry is that he's he's coming in. Thiago Silva doesn't seem like he can speak English, uh, judging by his press conference. Um, Mendy. Uh, Mendy, I'm not too sure either if he can speak it. And you've got three of the uh, back five, your four defenders and your goalkeeper, being new in, in that Chelsea back line. Uh, it's always a worry. It's always a, uh, a bit of a worry. So, um, yeah, I'm just... Uh, I mean, we we got to give the, uh, the the guy a chance to prove himself. I'm sure. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. We'll, we'll come back and revisit. We could well see Willy Caballero <laughs> in between the sticks for Chelsea in, in this one. <laughs> Hakim, Hakim Ziyech is yet to make his debut for Chelsea. Christian Pulisic uh, remains doubtful uh, with an injury. Uh, for West Brom, Kieran Gibbs will definitely be missing, suspended for the red card last week against Everton. Uh, so Connor Townsend will probably come in and replace him. Hal Robson Kanu was a two goal hero. I say two goal hero for West Brom in midweek in the Carabao Cup. Apart from that, they haven't got a lot else going for them. Half past midnight kickoff that one. Uh, West Brom against Chelsea. Moving on then to Sheffield United against Leeds United. It's a Sunday dinner time kickoff, this one. 7 p.m. Gogs for Sheffield United. Things haven't gone well for them. They've lost their opening two games. Uh, they got knocked out by Burnley in midweek. And of course, last weekend, uh, lost to the Villa 1 0 as well. So. May, are they, do you reckon they're getting found out this season? Yeah, I think I think they got, I think they get they, well. I think we had this conversation off the camera early on, but yeah, they have, I think they've been found out. They, we weren't playing very well against Villa, also. I didn't watch the earlier game, but I was watching the Villa game, and you know, I, I was surprised we didn't score more goals. To be fair, but their goalkeeper had a real blinder. But you know, that whole overlapping fullbacks and all that has been found out, and you know, without a out and out striker, you're not going to go anywhere. And I think they've been probably going to be replaced by Leeds as the team of the season uh, of that. As this came up and doing well, kind of thing, you know. I mean, speak. They're playing Leeds this weekend, and you know, this that, that's got Leeds are on a stormer. 
Well, this is it. It's a Yorkshire derby, Craig Marias. And if you can't yeah. lift your, do you know what I mean? It's like it's a City United, Liverpool, Everton. It's yeah. Sheffield United, Leeds, right? You've got to lift yourself for that one. You definitely do, and um, you know they've they've got off to an awful start. And I think uh, you're the one that predicted it, Ross. You know, you, you expected them to to really crumble this season and, and really struggle. Um, I can kind of see that, um, but again, I, I do I do worry about you know the other two newly promoted sides in in Fulham and West Brom. So I think you know they'll be in that relegation battle, but you know whether they'll go down or not uh, remains to be seen. Uh, but yeah, they they're really got to get themselves up. You know, just go back to what what Gog said. I thought, I mean. You got to remember in that match they did miss a penalty and everything, you know. So, you know, it, it's a big chance. It's a game-changing chance right there um, that that they squandered. Um, but yeah, do I worry about the Sheffield United side a little bit, a little bit? Because last season they were so um, you know they, they were so sound at the back. They don't seem to have that. John Egan's going to miss the match um, mm. after his red card, so I think Ampadu will probably come in and replace him. Um, but you know that that defensive, um, you know. Solidity that they had, you know, it was so good to watch them. You had your fullbacks going, going up and down, the third centre back making his run. Um, you just don't see that they're, they're being exposed, especially in the first match against Wolves, where yeah. it was two goals where you wouldn't see Sheffield United concede exactly. that last season. Exactly, um, and, yeah. and plus and then, Dean Henderson is not there in between the sticks. They, they yeah. show how much you, a uh, goalkeeper, actually marshaled his defence and kept it all together because he was there for yeah, two I mean, seasons, wasn't he? He was, um, and then they got Ramsdale in, yeah. uh, who who is a Sheffield boy. Um, he he came from Sheffield United, um, so so it's you know it, it's their old player going back home. Um, but this 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 is going to be a really good match. I feel uh, I'm really going to enjoy watching this. All right, Bob, for for Leeds, um, as much fun as they've 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 been to watch so far. They have conceded seven goals in their opening two fixtures. This week, they have announced the signing of Diego Lorente from Real Sociedad for 18 million. Uh, it was, the transfer was, was made permanent on Thursday. Um, they need reinforcements at the back, but it's all right. They just score more, don't they, to win? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you say seven goals, but four of those were against Liverpool. Um, they, uh, you know, very, very tough uh, opening game, which they... They nearly got a result in, but unlucky not to, in fact. Um, so they've started very well, but I don't think we, we're looking at a, a, a Leeds that are going to get into Europe or anything like that. I think they're going to be entertaining. I don't think they're going to go down. I don't think we need to worry about that. I think they're going to be mid-table, and it'll be a bit of a yo-yo season. They'll have their moments. They'll probably get a few scalps, but they'll also be found out a little bit at the back so um i mean the part of the excitement is because of uh, bielsa the the manager who's a very uh, idiosyncratic character to say the least uh, but came with great pedigree and he's obviously transformed them and it's just intriguing to see how he performs in the premier league especially when you've got guys like Pep Guardiola saying that they're his disciple. I mean, you know, that is some accolade, isn't it? I mean, uh, and this is a newly promoted manager. Well, you, we've no, we know what he's achieved in the past, but this is a, his ultimate test, I think, in club football. Um, he's got a bit of a checkered career. I mean, he's only been at certain clubs for five minutes. Uh, one he didn't even go to at all, uh, Lazio. I believe, 
Um, there's some contract row. Uh, so he's not the most stable of characters. Mm. And you know, he comes from a very wealthy family. He doesn't need the money. Yeah. So he doesn't need the hassle. Uh, so, you know, there's no guarantee he's even going to stay there. But he is a great character. And I think Leeds are going to be eminently watchable this season. It's mainly down to him, which historically they never were, of course, Leeds. Yeah. I well, mean, old-timers well, will know of dirty Leeds, won't they? Yeah. All right. The Yorkshire Derby is a 7 p.m. kickoff. Sheffield United versus Leeds. We're going for our final <laughs> break. Back right after this. We wondered if he'd make a difference. So he beats him all ends up, doesn't he? Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. Lovely football. Speed of that little passage of play. Stay on the ball on BFM 89.9. And we're back. Myself, Ross, Bob Holmes, Craig Marais and Goglin looking at match week three of the Premier League. The big game, Liverpool versus Arsenal, is a Monday night kickoff. So... Uh, so it's a Tuesday morning kickoff, rather, our time. So we'll have a full preview for you on, on uh, Off the Ball on, on radio on Monday. Uh, continuing our look then at uh, Man City versus Leicester. Leicester are top of the table <laughs> going into the... I'm sorry, I don't mean to laugh, Leicester City fans. <laughs> top of the table, Leicester City, uh, as they take on Man City. Uh, it's a 11... Uh, 11.30 p.m. kickoff on uh, Sunday, okay. this one. Craig, City, yeah. this season. Uh, they brought in Nathan Ake. Um, I mean... Ferran Torres. Yeah, Ferran Torres. Ooh, they, they all had a little run out. They, they've looked all right. Uh, De Bruyne has just carried on being Kevin De Bruyne. Foden's got amongst the goals. So it's all going along swimmingly, slowly. Yeah, and they're doing all this without the likes of, of um, Aguero, you know, who, who's so important to them. Um, he, he offers them a different dimension than what they already have. You know, Jesus, for all his you know, quality and uh, his hard work, you know, he's, he's just not at that same level um, as Aguero. Or, uh, you know, I don't think he will be a top striker anytime soon. Uh, let's, let's not forget, he is still very young. Um, but yeah, City look good, you know. Um, uh, I watched them um, last week. Watched them in the Carabao Cup as well. Um, they, they've got decent depth in there. Um, and, you know, once, you know, players like Ferran Torres gets adapted to the Premier League, you know, he could be some player. Um, I, it's a tough one, this, you know, because, you know, Leicester have started well. Um, but we saw what happened to Leicester last season as well. Um, and, you know, if, you know, it's all right starting really well. And when you collapse in the second half of the season... You know, it doesn't bode well for you. Um, I think this will be a very open, entertaining game. You've got two teams that like to attack, um, none of them being a defensive team. So, you know, you can, you can expect a lot of goals in this. Um, uh, but I just, you know, I just got a feeling about City this season. I think they, after what happened last season, the distance between them and Liverpool, um, they'll be keen to, you know, reclaim back their title. Um, and, you know, that's why I'm backing them uh, this season. Absolutely. Bob Holmes, you, you, you'd expect that the number one priority for Pep Guardiola, I, I know Champions League is very high up there, but he's going to want the title, the EPL title. Do you well, reckon, do, well, do you reckon that they've got enough in their squad or they still need to add before the window shuts? I think they 
still need to add a, a defender. I mean, look, look at who played in midweek, John Stones. I mean, uh, he, he looks yesterday's man, doesn't he? He looks finished <laughs> in terms of confidence. And alongside him, uh, they had uh, Nathan Ake, um, who was uh, actually bought as a reserve, a backup uh, central defender. They were hoping to get Koulibaly or somebody of that ilk. They still might, but the, the transfer is proving difficult to get over the line. Um, they need a commanding central defender to play with Laporte, who's injured again. Um, I say again because uh, he's, he's their outstanding central defender without question, but he does seem to be a little bit injury prone. And there's another worry. If he's going to be injured half his time, then City are going to miss the, uh, another uh, central defender if they don't get somebody in the next few days. So that's their priority. Scoring goals? Well, F Phil Foden can't stop scoring, can he? Um, <laughs> On and off the pitch. I, <laughs> but seriously, I mean, he is... Popping them in, isn't he? Um, hey, hey. You know, he was regarded as a, as, a, as a number 10. But I, th I think most listeners are aware of what we're talking about there. Um, but uh, he actually does score. He's one of the leading yeah. goal scorers. Um, goal and assist last night as well. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, he's, he's finally coming through. Um, you know, Pep is playing him more. It could play, be his breakthrough him. season, right? In terms yeah, of first could. team regular. And, it could. Yeah. I'd like to see. I mean, I, I was expressing doubts a couple of shows ago about whether he is really as good as he was cracked up to be. But uh, so far, so good. He's, he's looking very good. And the goals, uh, adding goals to his game, I think is a very important thing. For yep. a number 10 who can score regularly, then that's... Um, that's great. So it's, it's looking good, but I, I, I do think they need a, another centre-back. I think with Foden, yeah. I, I think with Foden the, the, the good thing about him is how versatile he is. You know, we saw Pep play him on the, on, on the right-hand side, uh, on the wing. You know, he can cut it onto his left foot. Um, he's been earmarked to fill in that David Silver role in the central, in the central areas. So, and he can play wide left as well. So he can play a variety of positions which suits Pep down uh, to a tee. Um, I, I mean, he's so gifted that I, I reckon he could be, um, you know, by the end of his career, if all goes well, injury-free and, you know, continues on the right path. Uh, you know, we talk about Wayne Rooney being one of the greatest, um, you know, players that England have produced. I think this guy could surpass him. Wow. Oh, that shout. That's a massive yeah. shout. <laughs> and, and, and let's face it, it's a credit to how well Pep has nurtured him thus far. Yes. Um, looking at Leicester... Gogs, Leicester actually got knocked out of the Carabao Cup. They lost 2-0 at home to Arsenal in midweek. I was trying to find positives from that game. I, I, I saw the highlights. I thought James Madison, who was given a, a proper run out, at least he looked all right. And they need a, a James Madison firing, Leicester City. I mean, many changes in, in that midweek defeat. But Madison looks like he could be up to the Madison. They need him. Don't yeah, they? yeah, they, they definitely need him for this for this uh, the, this this league. But what what you're saying is, I think the Carabao Cup exit is probably a blessing in disguise for Brendan Rodgers at this point. They're going to be concentrating on the league. They're probably looking at top six right now. Uh, after what they achieved last season, they probably be trying. They we all thought they were punching above their weight last season. They're setting the standard. They're top of the league right now. They play good football. You know. They should be looking at top six this season. There's nothing to stop them from coming down. That They're not a mid-table team anymore. Leicester City are now up there with the top and maybe knocking even the top four, though. 
what what's Leicester got to do here to well, I mean they they must be quite disappointed inside. If you know Brendan Rodgers, like we know Brendan Rodgers, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean lose, missing out on top four would have would have rankled with him, and he knows that his side were almost neck and neck. So they're good yeah. enough. Can they? No, can they? The MCO is fight? what? Yeah. The MCO came in at the wrong time for them. You know, yeah. post-MCO just totally yeah. fell off the radar. But before that, they were, you know, right up there. And I'm sh- like what you said, Rogers must be really pissed off that, you know, they lost the top four at that. And because their form after MCO was completely... What, did they win a game after MCO? I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, but dogs, I, I think the whole second half of the season, uh, the, the, their form was terrible from January onwards. Uh, but it's just that the points gap that they had was, was such a big one. Um, and then, you know, Chelsea United were, you know, from that, that period on, they were just closing it down. Um, so while they were sat in third, um, you know, they, they were dropping a lot of points from January onwards, uh, if I'm not mistaken. And then they obviously got over, uh, overtaken in that NCO period. I mean, w- what did Leicester have to do to, to kind of compete with, with the big boys and, you know, stay that top six? Do they need four? to buy? Well, they need to keep their best players. That's what they need to do. I mean, it's not going to help. Firstly, they need need to keep their big players. Yeah, it's not going to help if every season, you know, one season's Maguire that's going. Um, I mean, previously to that, it was Mahrez, but that was just after... Now Chilwell's gone. Chilwell's gone. First, it was Maguire, Chilwell. You know, if Madison has a standout season this year, you know, does he go? If Tielemans, you know, has a really good season again, does he go? So, I mean... It's all right, you know, replacing them with quality and, you know, in the next two, three years, these players blossoming. But if you really want to compete, if you've got real ambitions to to kind of aspire to be in that top four or, or consistently be in the top six, you know, you really need to keep your core of players. And if, if they're going to be known as a selling club, you know, where, you know, you know, Soyuncu, for example, you know, if he has another good season, does he go off to City next season? You know, if it's going to be that kind of... Um, um, you know, transfer kind of thing that uh, Leicester uh, are going to do, then I, I just can't see it happening. You know, uh, you know, at some at some point, you know, it's just not going to last. All right, Man, Man City versus Leicester City is a oh, Sunday, really? 10, Sunday, eleven thirty p.m. kickoff. Uh, other ties. Uh, taking place over the weekend very quickly. Burnley take on Southampton Sunday, 3 a.m. Uh, Spurs versus Newcastle, Bob Holmes. Can Newcastle pull off a shock here, you reckon? Yeah, I think they can. Um, they've got the momentum and Spurs are going to be knackered from their excursions in Europe and uh, getting up to play late in Orient and eventually not playing them. Um, all that's going to take its toll. Uh, so uh, there is a possibility of an upset here, and uh, I, I'd, uh, I'd just be very interested to see uh, Mourinho's reaction if it does happen. Ooh, uh, all or nothing season two, I think that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, West Ham versus Wolves is a Monday, 2 a.m. kickoff. That's your weekend's action. Fulham against Villa, Liverpool against Arsenal are Tuesday morning games. We'll talk about that on Monday. For now, we are done. So, wishing everybody a fantastic weekend. Uh, thank you very much, Bob Holmes. Thanks, everybody. Thanks to Craig Marias. Thank you, everyone. Enjoy the football. And Gogolin. Cheers, everyone. Enjoy the weekend. Yep. Have a great weekend. Back on Monday. Bye now. Some people are on the pitch. They think it's all over. Follow BFM Football on Facebook and catch On The Ball on BFM 89.9. It is now.
Thank you for listening to this podcast. To find more great interviews, go to bfm.my or find us on iTunes. BFM 89.9, The Business Station.